Hello, everybody, to this episode of Talks Beyond Time and Place. My name is Philip Rettgas, and my guest today is Juan Carlos Vidina. This, this side. Hello. Uh, welcome, welcome, Juan. Thanks for for being here. Uh, Juan is, is the director of films like uh, Painless and, of course, also The Limehouse Golem, which we're also going to talk about a bit. So it's very nice to have you here today. And um, maybe before we start talking about uh, films, I wanted to ask you what inspired you to become a film director? Uh, well, when I was um, when I was a teenager, um, I, I, I love writing stories, um, but I also love uh, painting, making photographs, music. I uh, had piano lessons, you know, uh, listen to music. So. Uh, and I, I love reading books. I, I guess I, need, I needed a lot to escape from, from uh, you know, uh, my family circumstances. You know, all the all the the horrors of growing up like a teenager, all that sort of thing. You know, I know how you feel. I know how you feel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, it's like, oh my god, I want to die. All that stuff. You know. <laughs> so uh, so yes, uh, I basically um, all that stuff started brewing and I didn't really um, know what I wanted to do with it but at some point I decided I love movies so much and movies have all of that you know they have story telling stories making pictures music you know so I thought hell this is why this is my calling I should yeah. make movies you know I should make movies and so that's how it started yeah. basically yeah. so i decided to study film and and i got into a, a preparatory uh, film school uh, and then in, in in college i graduated from uh, film studies in skin college in the Sorbonne university and started making short films and writing scripts and that's how i got in the, in the business yeah. yeah what was your first feature film where only you were responsible uh, my first feature film was uh, called Painless, uh, Insensible, uh, Insensibles in Spanish. It was a French-Spanish uh, production, uh, which was shot in, uh, in, in Barcelona region, in the region of Barcelona. And um, uh, we, we, with a great uh, Spanish, uh, Spanish cast. There was Alex Brendemoule in it, uh, Thomas Le Marquis. Um, yeah, so... Um, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I read about it. And I think it's also, maybe we can talk about this in, in a second, quite a, quite a shocker in a way, because there were also many, many children uh, involved in the movie. But let's talk about that one uh, in a second. I also had, uh, was, was wondering, have there been... Uh, or, or which which directors inspired you, if there were any, there probably were. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, well, when when I when I grew up, I was uh, I was extremely um, impacted by by filmmakers like uh, Paul Verhoeven, John Carpenter, Stanley Kubrick, um, Ridley Scott. You know. Uh, so, uh, but I also, um, I mean, obviously, I, I, I discovered movies like, uh, for instance, Blade Runner, Robocop, movies like that in cinemas when they were released in the 80s. I had the, 
other things like you know uh, predator or you know uh, hunt for the red october i mean th those i mean the the end 80s and then 90s were of course uh, a great time for for cinema for great i mean blockbusters at that time were pretty different from today you know That's there right. was a, a much more or less uh, spandex and and superheroes and 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 they were actually movies about you know you could say you know more more targeted at adults and or mm -hmm. i mean um and uh or with, with more adult subject matter and 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 there still were very very big budget movies and so i mean cinema was i think pretty different at that time and uh, also there was uh i I, w I grew up in spain in the 80s so and uh, spanish television was very poor at the time so they didn't have a lot of money for uh, acquiring new films so they couldn't really afford the new releases okay. so so actually they had a big they, they had all the catalog of the of the american studios so um, all the time in, in spanish tv you, you had like uh you know, uh, John Ford movies, Raoul Walsh movies, you know, Howard Hawks movies, you know, Robert Aldrich, I mean, uh, Sam Peckinpah, you had all those films over and over and over, you know, the Billy Wilders, the, you know, the Jacques Tourneur, you know, all those movies that they were coming on, on, um, uh, on, on TV and, and you could just watch them all the time. So there's always, there was always a classic that you could watch on TV with very good Spanish dubbing. So I, I discovered all those movies in on the Spanish TV actually. And, and that's how I got a, like a, uh, you could say a film culture uh, with the classics, you know? Yeah. And then later when I was, uh, when, when I went to film school, the big discovery for me was, uh, was Asian cinema. You know, mm -hmm. it was, you know when, when, I, when I became a film student, I discovered basically. I, I was familiar with Japanese cinema, with Kurosawa and Mamura, and but uh, I, I really discovered Hong Kong cinema, Chinese cinema, and 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 of course uh, Korean cinema when I was uh, a film student. And at that time, of course, that was a bit fringe. I mean, that was you know at the end of the nineties. Nobody, the, the the big audiences didn't didn't really know. Uh, in that that type of cinema it was really kind of like uh, film buffs that, that were starting to get really acquainted with, with those movies you know but it was for, for me it was very yeah it was very influential yeah yeah i understand what you mean and i also think the what you just said with the in comparison with the blockbusters in the late 80s and early 90s in comparison to now i uh they're they're more more adult if you like i i, I see that I, I, there, most, there, there was a, there was a bigger variety of, yeah. of films, you know. Yeah, that's that's there true. Was, yeah, uh, as you say, no, no yeah. superheroes, no, not all the, I, I mean, I'm uh, very much very fond of this yeah. too. So, yeah, Casino, Casino was. Uh, I, I'm not saying that I'm not fond of it, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I like some of them, mm. but I am also I am also very fond of diversity, mm. and, and and we are in a world today where it seems that nothing else can exist but a certain a certain type of thing. Mm -hmm. We are in a world where you know diversity is disappearing, you know, in certain mm -hmm. categories, mm -hmm. and in and certainly in the big budget cinema, that diversity today is uh, has almost disappeared, you know, and all you get is these big big productions. And I have nothing against 
superhero movies. Some of them I really love and I really enjoy. What I find uh, a bit, um, what I'm really a bit sorry about is that when you start getting into a world where that's all you can see, you know, that's all that can be made for for a big budget. Mm. So in a sense, it's very refreshing to see movies like Dune because they are very, they are exceptional in that today it's really very, very difficult to make big budget movies that are not part of a of a superhero franchise yeah that's right yeah yeah i can yeah. imagine yeah well uh juan this whole talk that we do of course is uh it's all about london beyond time and place because this is my topic uh basically so um of course one of the films i want to talk about with you is the limehouse golem based on the novel by peter Aykroyd, uh, dan lino and the limehouse golem and uh Maybe you can tell us a bit about uh, the, the process of how the novel, uh, I think, was turned into a script by Jane Goldman and, and then into the film, which you directed. So, so when did you enter the process of the production? Um, so uh, after, after making my first film, Painless, I, it, was, it, was, uh, it was shown at uh, the Toronto Film Festival. Um, in, I think it was 2013 or something like that, or 14. Mm -hmm. And um, and uh, uh, Stephen Woolley uh, saw the film and loved it, and 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 he wanted to meet me. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh my god, the producer of uh, Interview with the Vampire and Crying Game wants to meet me. So I was like, really, I mean, I love this work as a producer. Uh, And I loved meeting him. He was a very uh, cinephile producer, great guy. So I really enjoyed meeting him. And, and, and he, he told me it had been developing this uh, this project with for some time with Jane. For I think they had been working on it for a year, and they had a they had a first draft of the script. And um, and actually, I it clicked with me because I loved the. I mean, I I, I loved the, Jane's first draft was was brilliant and and. Um, And I love the book. I had read a, I had read a bunch of books by Peter Ackroyd, and that, of course, that one I had, I had read uh, Oxmoor. I had read uh, mm -hmm. his book about London, and I really, I mean, I've always loved uh, historical movies that are inspired in in a vision of an historical time that is mm -hmm. uh, that is more than the textbook, uh, you know. Yeah. And I really, lo I love the way Peter Ackroyd showed you all the things you will not find in textbooks, you know, I mean, uh, it will talk to you about what people were really feeling at that time, you know, uh, the, you know, the, the, the smells, the, the neuroses of the time, the, all, all the little uh, greedy details that you will never find in, in official, in the official history, mm. but we, which are much more closer, I would say, to the truth of that time. And, And, uh, and and touch on something that is universal because it, I didn't want to do a, like a period movie just for the sake of the period and and the nice costumes and all that uh, for me the period is interesting because you're actually shedding a different light on the human condition and and you can tell human stories that are universal mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter if people are, are wearing long dresses or or big hats or whatever you know it's like it's the same human beings uh confronted to you know uh, the hardship of life you know the hardship of uh, of existing as a human of uh, finding your way in the labyrinth of the world in the labyrinth of life 
So I, I, I really, really love the story uh, in that book, how Jane had um, uh, decanted it in this uh, first draft. And so I met them and I, we started wor working on a, um, on a second draft of the script because I always like to, of course, uh, uh, you know, uh, how do you say, um, appropriate a little bit uh, the the stories that i that i tell i, I need mm -hmm. to make them fit into my uh, my vision you know oh, so that yeah. was necessary to do that that phase of the work and to reach a draft that we were all confident that uh, that uh, would be the the best expression of the of the story so we we did that phase of work together and um, eventually we um, we reached the version of the script that was uh, that was shot. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's interesting. I mean, of course, I'm also a huge fan of Aykroyd and his works and and the Limas Golem Hawksmoor. I've I fell in love with with Hawksmoor and the idea of the Hawksmoor churches and the connections with, between them. And I I, I I did a walk once where where I covered all the the Hawksmoor churches uh, on, on one day. So, so and of course, I'm also familiar with, with Aykroyd's uh, London biography. It's one of my favorite books about London because it's great. And I think you really managed to, what you just said, to, to capture this, this, this maybe this Aykroydian atmosphere of, of uh, how a time period uh, is, is presented uh, apart from, from what you get in the, in the textbooks. I think that's that's what you do really well in the in the movie because there is like the atmosphere, you the smell, if you like, you can can get a a taste of that. I think you really transported his vision uh, quite well on onto the screen. Thank you. So yeah, yeah, I, I really do. So what maybe was it was it difficult kind of of yeah creating this this Victorian uh, uh, movie also in, in comparison to to Ardu your own version of a Victorian, uh, of a movie set in a Victorian period, also in comparison to to the many Jack the Ripper and Sherlock Holmes productions where, where this is, yeah. so many of them where, where they portray, portray the Victorian era. So yeah, what was your take on that? Um, well, for, for me, uh, I, I really wanted to, um, I really wanted to put the audience in the, in a sort of like nightmarish vision mm -hmm. of the of the era or nightmarish vision of London that then for, for me it's um it's a story where you are it's a whodunit but where you are placed in 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 the skin of different characters as potentially the killer and and what happens when you see the whole world through their eyes as the killer you know and, and mm. so it was really interesting because it was uh creating this vision of of London which is, you know, the crucible of the industrial world at that time, you know, the, the possibly one of the most important cities in the world because anchored in a very strong culture, but also open to the world. And it's like a cosmopolis, you know, of the time, you know, like New York could be uh, today or... Um, so uh, so it, it, it's... Um, it, it was really uh, those different to put the audience in those different characters as you know being characters that are cruising through this like riddle of of the of the city you know and mm. and, and 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 what it means you know all the all the the energies of this time you know and and um, uh, 
so yeah, it was it was creating this sense of you are in a nightmare, you are in a dream, you know, you're you're seeing all these things. So 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 I wanted to create something that was not strictly realistic, you know, that yeah. had something that has something very uh, in a sense, a little bit extreme or theatrical in its DNA, you know, because also it's a movie. I mean, that is centered around the, the musicals and and um, and uh, you know the uh, society as theater and and, and 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 you know the confusion between uh, what's happening on the stage and what ha what's happening in the streets. Right. You know, the, the those theaters, those musicals were really more than just theaters you know there were places where people would go there and spend their whole day there eat there fuck there you know you know all, i mean they, they were really places where people would go there and lose themselves and right spend all their days and and so it, it was more than stories or songs or it was really a continuation of the streets you know a representation of the streets of london so, so you know so yeah. that's really the sense of this little uh, how, how these theaters became became the the you know echoes of what was mm -hmm. happening in this and all that. So all, all those parameters were were really important in how we were going to uh, build this vision. So so yeah. So I wanted something really far from the you know big budget academic uh, mm -hmm. vi vision that you find in a lot of movies. You know, I wanted something. Uh, yeah. A, a bit extreme, a bit uh, baroque, you know, a bit over the top, a bit, a bit, uh, yeah. you know, like Moulin Rouge meets, uh, you know, a Hammer movie, and and uh, uh, you know, and and and, and you know, uh, uh, a horror movie, one of the, one of the the Roger Corman horror movies about Edgar Allan Poe, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think. Um... Yeah, you're absolutely right, and this is maybe what's also uh, what what Eckroyd also did in his in his novel. The the kind of there's the theater, and then there's the life on the street, which is also a kind of theater, and all the the murders are kind of the, you know the 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 the, um, the people are the audience because they want to see what's coming next, and they they the, this bloodthirsty audience who love to go to the theater and see it on stage, but also love love it when it happens on the streets. So yeah, there's this kind of of continuity yeah and i i like that you included um, ghost of a flea by william blake in, in one of the scenes uh, yes. I, I thought it was a nice hint especially if you know a bit about Aykroyd and and his references to to blake yeah i mean uh blake was was really central in in, in all the creation of the, the aesthetic world of the movie i mean mm. uh, uh it's an artist that we uh we both adore with uh, grand montgomery who did all the production design became a, also a very good friend uh, and um, and we both loved uh, especially John Martin and and uh, William Blake and and those were the uh, the artists that that were uh, fundamental for the the creation of the, the aesthetic world the color palette of the movie so yeah he was uh, mm. but of course that that representation uh, the ghost of the plea it's it, it's very scary and it's and it's an image of the golem that uh, that right. we both loved you know so yeah yeah would you say that the film is a horror film <laughs> um yeah i hope so i i hope it's a horror film i mean it's a it's a very uh, uh i think 
horror film today is, is a very uh, uh, flexible category, you know, for mm. a movie. You know, it's, it's, uh, there are many, I think any, everything that, every movie that tries to uh, play with the genres of, of horror, you know, and uh, the, the, the archetypes of horror, um, whether to just uh, scare or, or to give a, a deeper meaning, you know, it's, it could be, could be said it's a horror film, but it's also something more. Yeah, you know? I like that. So let's maybe talk about the cast for a moment, because uh, yeah, uh, the main one of the main characters is, is of course Inspector Kildare, who's brilliantly played by Bill Nighy, one of my favorite actors. But uh, he, the originally, originally the the late Al Rickman uh, was cast to play the character, if I'm uh, correct. So can you maybe tell us a bit about how his illness and also his untimely death influenced the production? Mm -hmm. uh, well, yes, uh, that's correct. Uh, Alan was uh, Alan was cast uh, um, first for for playing uh, the role, and um, and uh, before we started the the, the production, he, I mean, he was he was diagnosed with a with a terminal cancer. So uh, so yeah, we started the we we, we started the production. Uh, I mean, the production of the film on, under very complicated uh, auspices, you, you could say, you know. Mm. Um, and uh, and basically, what happened after some time is that, uh, of course, he was too ill to continue, and so we had to uh, we had to recast uh, the role, and. Uh, and uh, Bill Nye was uh, was available, and uh, and uh, with with uh, with the the blessing of Alan, who was always we we always kept in contact with him until the end. And with his blessing, we uh, I met with Bill, and he read the script. He really loved it, and uh, and he said yes. So um, so uh, so yes, Bill, Bill changed. Uh, I mean, of course, it's always. It's going to be a different version of the of the character, you know. But yeah, it's, right. uh, yeah. Uh, it, it was all very, of course, very painful and very, uh, you know. But it's it's very often the case. I mean, thank God, not for such tragic reasons, but uh, most of the time. But film production is usually very, very chaotic, and lots of mm. things happen. You know, and thank God, not these kind of things. Most of the time, but sometimes these kind of tragic things can happen also in a in a in a film production, and it's yeah. very very painful. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I can imagine. So we started we started on a in a very painful. Uh, it was a very 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 painful start for the movie, but you we, you know I mean obviously I was really happy also that uh, that Bill could um, could could. Uh, take uh, take back the role and, and mm. continue you know yeah yeah but i can imagine of course yeah, yeah. it must have been a and i think it's uh, he, he was an he was an incredible inspector killer and it's i mean bill, bill, did, bill, bill did an incredible job and but it's true it's uh one part of you always of course uh, i mean uh, alan was a lovely person he was an incredible guy he was so generous you know and uh uh it was he loved my work he loved my movies he was always supportive of me as a director so it, it was a it was a it was like losing a friend so it was mm. very very painful yeah. Yeah. 
yeah i can imagine that very much yeah um but i think i personally think the real star of the movie is olivia cook as as uh, elizabeth Cree, yes. right yeah so what was working with her like well she she was she was fantastic i mean olivia was very uh she's 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 a war, warrior she's very mm. uh she 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 has this appearance uh, of a frail uh, young lady from uh, the north of england and she's very very strong inside she's an old soul mm. say and she's very strong she was a couple of times we, we were shooting on on in very very hard conditions i think physically is one of the hardest shoots i've done it was very cold we we uh, ended the shoot i think it was mid-november mm -hmm. in north yorkshire so it was it was really cold it was raining all the time we were having storms all the time it was really tough and um and she was ill twice through the through the the shot the, the shoot like really ill like she, she was like uh and uh the kind of you know like you and me would probably stay in bed you know and she was mm -hmm. coming on set and doing yeah. the scene always being uh, so it's quite impressive to see so much strength and determination and focus in a person that is so young you know at that time uh, she was early 20s so she was really young and, yeah and um, yeah. and that's really impressive always that is yeah she, she deserves uh, she totally deserves her success and uh, i think now she's in the house of the dragon and the new hbo uh, um Game of Thrones prequel and mm -hmm. she's, she's going to be brilliant in that. Yeah, um, I think so too. Yeah, it's always interesting to, to see how these careers also develop. It, I, I mean, hopefully we will see more of her, but it's just interesting to see when I when I get older, what what is she going to do? What's she doing now? Like in twenty years, <laughs> uh, something like that. So yeah, yeah who can yeah. say what, what what will happen in twenty years? Yeah, um, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, you know, our artistic careers, of course, deploy in, in time and, uh, you know, and, and, and I think for actors, it's always difficult, you know, mm. to predict how people are going. The things I think are changing and, uh, you know, uh, uh, hopefully we're, we're going to see more and more and more, uh, you know, uh, actors and actresses that, that get to have long careers. Mm and not be become obsolete once they they, they mm. reach 40 or 50 like we have seen sadly with many actors right. of the past generations that when they reach 45 or 50 they especially with women um, sadly you know yeah they right. they were considered uh, they were considered uh, they, they weren't cast anymore you know so yeah or, or, that's yeah. true so we already mentioned your your first film, Painless, uh, quite a few times now. Can you can you tell us, um, yeah, a bit about that, and also maybe what was the inspiration for that? What it's about, and what was the inspiration for that? Because I read a bit uh, before, but I thought it was interesting just to let you talk about it. Yeah, Painless. Um, Painless is a movie uh, that happens in uh, during the Spanish Civil War. I mean, a little start. It, there are two intertwined stories and uh, there's a contemporary story. Um, he basically unearths um, 
that that black hole of history that happened just after the war, because the Spanish Civil War, of course, was a kind of like a genocide, a genocidal war. You know, um, one of these horrible uh, uh, things that happened in twentieth century, and and uh, uh, where people were systematically uh, massacred because of their beliefs or because of they they, they weren't considered, um, you know. Uh, good you know or good enough mm -hmm. by extremists etc i mean yeah i think in germany you've had something like that too <laughs> similar experience yeah right if i remember yeah. well, well. <laughs> yes, <you do. laughs> so in yeah. spain we've had we definitely had that so and um and so we, uh, uh so he, he finds the trace of uh of his biological father who was actually um it belonged to a bunch of kids that were born just before the war and and had suffered from a disease actually a genetic disease where they couldn't feel pain mm -hmm. and so they uh because they hurt themselves and because they they were a danger to themselves and others they were uh they were locked in a in a psychiatric asylum you know in a, in a, in a special institution mm -hmm. under the care under the care of doctors of that time you know the, the type mm -hmm. of doctors you could have at that time and uh, who were, didn't really know what they were doing and basically um so they locked the, those children in in cells and the war arrives and they all basically i'm sorry i'm totally spoiling the movie i'm really <laughs> for, for those who yeah, haven't watched it been out. <laughs> you'll have to cut into this because otherwise okay <laughs> and i think that wasn't spoiled too much. I think people are yeah. interested now in, in watching it after hearing this. Uh, hopefully, I'm just going to cut a little bit. <laughs> Tiny yeah, bit yeah. Of what you, you should totally say. cut. You know, man. I take too much time. <laughs> ah, no, that's that's fine. That's okay. So, uh, what are you currently working on? Well, currently, I'm working on uh, several projects. I have um, I have a, a really cool horror film I'm working on, uh, who is produced by uh, the Village Roadshow. Mm -hmm. um and uh you know with a really really original script you know it's uh it's uh, it happens in a in a small village in alaska you know and uh, so it's, it's a really scary uh scary script and um and i have uh I have I have two films I'm I'm working on in France that I've uh, uh, written. One of them I'm I'm finishing the script. The other the script is finished and I'm I'm in casting. Mm -hmm. And um, and uh, uh, I have a, a film project in Spain, and another and a and a British horror film that I'm that I'm also writing with mm -hmm. a, with an English writer. And we've almost finished the the, the, the script, and we're uh, uh, it's it's kind of like a horror film set in the in the north, you know, in the vein of um, with the Wicker Man, Harry oh. the you know, I love the Wicker Man, yeah, folksy horror sort of thing, okay. uh, and and it's uh, it's set in the north of England, and and that one is. Uh, the script's almost finished and I'm, I'm going to start sending it to producers and everything. Nice. I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I mean, I'm looking forward to all of these uh, films, but I, I, I love movies like The Wicker Man. So yeah, 
that just should be interesting. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do uh, but I just thought would you would you maybe uh, you 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 very much into the 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 horror? <laughs> I have the feeling that you're very much into the, the yeah, dark and, and right now, genre. Right so, now, I have uh, my projects. I have. Um, yeah, I have two horror films. My my two American and English projects are horror films, mm -hmm. and my two French projects. Uh, one is a, I have a project in Spain and two in France. The the, the one in Spain is a, is, is a noir film, mm -hmm. noir thriller with a serial killer, all that sort of thing. Really kind of twisty, fucked up script. <laughs> and, and the one and, and the one in. Um, the two movies in France, one is a espionage thriller and mm -hmm. the other one is a, is a also a, it's a police noir movie, uh, also with a, with a very fucked up script. You know. so, so it's all more a bit on the on the morbid side, <laughs> if, if you like. Yeah, it's not it's not a musical, that's, yeah, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> I would still you, have to explore that genre. Would, would you be interested in doing something completely, completely different from, from that? Like, I don't know, a romance? <laughs> Well, I've done I've done romance actually. Yeah. I've done uh, Discovery of Witches, which is a show. Uh, oh yes, right. That I was uh, involved in creating um, uh, is is actually a love story. You know, even even though it's uh, it's um, even though it's uh, it's fantasy, it's mm -hmm. like the core of it is a is is a love story. Basically. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I read about so, that you were part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I directed the first two episodes, yeah. So yeah, I, I created the show. Yeah. Okay, so uh, thank you very much indeed, Juan. I'm I'm through with my thank questions. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Sure. Uh,